airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for joining us. Uh, we do appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Will, we want to continue letting our listeners know that we are ready to stand in the gap yeah. uh, for them and ready to intercede on their behalf. We're asking them to email us their prayer requests, mm-hmm. and those prayer requests are already coming in. Yeah. And so we want you to know that um, we count it as a, a privilege and an honor to be able to stand in prayer and to do the work of prayer. Yeah. Prayer is doing. Right. Okay. Right. Prayer is doing. And so go ahead, Will the Great. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So next week we want to take some time out of um, our schedule to to pray for you, the listeners, and also for our, our country and different aspects of things that's happening uh, here in, in in America and in the world, uh, for that matter. Uh, we're going to take next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th, uh, to, to pray specifically for uh, your needs uh, as the listeners of Aaron Addison's and AFR listeners, uh, we really uh, believe that prayer <laughs> changes things for real. You know, uh, we have a legacy of it within our church history of uh, that, that praying saints saw, you know, different things happen because of, of prayer and petitioning the Lord. So we want to take time uh, next week, uh, the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th, as uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, to pray specifically for your prayer needs. If you have a prayer request, just send it to prayer at AFR.net, prayer at AFR.net. And we're getting those uh, requests in even uh, now. And uh, if you but if you have one, you have family members, you have something that you would like us to pray for, uh, no matter what it is, uh, we would love to pray for that. And so um, that's prayer at AFR.net. Um, men uh, should always to pray, I'll always pray and not faint, you know, mm-hmm. and it's easy to faint. When things are happening, when you, your strength can grow uh, uh, weary, uh, when when things are happening around you, your faith can, you know, get tested. But mm-hmm. if we pray and we seek the face of God, you know, he'll renew our strength. And so uh, that's next next week on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to take these prayer requests and pray uh, on the air uh, for, for the needs of, of the, the listener. And uh, and also, you know, just really for this country and for mm-hmm. our leadership and for whatever aspects you know, the Lord just lays upon our hearts. And so send your prayer request to prayer at AFR.net. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really want this first segment here to be a part four of what we've been talking about. Um, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> I don't want that. But I do want to wrap up. I want to make sure that um, we're able to put a punctuation mark at the end of this. And, and whether mm-hmm. you see it as a period or an exclamation point, I mean, mm-hmm. that's up to you. Uh, of course, I speak in exclamation points, so it's always <laughs> going to be that for me. It's like it's yeah. <laughs> anyways. Um, but the question that um, that we were trying to, I guess, answer yesterday was, you know, when should there be disobedience to our government or when should there be disobedience to edicts and to laws and to decrees and things like that for the Christian? And again, all of this goes into the category 
of us uh, living according to our deeply held religious beliefs, living mm-hmm. according to our biblical conviction. Um, again, it's called a biblical worldview, which is not just a great title for a conference. This is how we live. I mean, this is how we live. We live with a biblical worldview. And uh, just a couple points that maybe, I don't know, maybe four points that we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. But first, let me say this. In the second and third segment of the show, you're going to want to stay with us. You know, one of the things that Will the Great and I try to do on a regular basis is to prayerfully discern what is happening in the world around yeah. us. We never want to just do a program where we're just talking about what the hot topics are. Mm-hmm. Um, we really want to prayerfully um, decide how to talk about what's happening around us. And so right. when we read articles that seem to look at the stories behind the stories, mm-hmm. they seem to be written with a certain level of discernment. Um, it's a knowing, right, and, an, a, and and a willingness to even talk about what you know that most people are shying away from, then that really grabs our attention. Right. And um, in the next segment and in the third segment, we are going to have veteran investigative reporter on with us, Leo Homan, who has written an article that um, Will and I spent some time talking about. Yeah. And um, it's one of the questions that keeps nagging at me in the midst of everything that's going on with this pandemic. And again, you know, we try to be careful because we don't want to just be talking about things because it's the thing to talk about. We want to make sure that we're seeking the Lord and and asking him, you know, why does this matter right now? How are Christians supposed to approach these kinds of conversations? And the article, which, by the way, if you get the podcast or anything like that, um, then you'll find a link to the article in the show notes. But the article that we're going to discuss coming up on the other side of this break uh, is sanitized dictatorship, sanitized dictatorship, how COVID-19 is transforming America and killing the Trump revolution. Now, let me just say this, because I know we're going to spend quite a bit of time. In fact, the rest of the program talking about it with uh, Leo Homan. But I just want to say this. One of the things that I have been asking over and over again, and Will the Great and I have talked about that President Trump would sabotage a promise kept to the American people, um, which is to which was to um, just like radically overhaul our economy and mm-hmm. to put it in a place where we had not seen <laughs> in a very long time. Yeah. Um, that was a promise made and that was a promise kept, um, to bring jobs back to this country Mm -hmm. to, to not only declare that America is first, but to behave in that way. Mm -hmm. We saw that coming from the Trump administration. Um, the question that constantly nags me is how we have gotten to this place in this country, knowing that it is on president Trump's watch, right? Um, that now we have come to a standstill and this is the economy that he has delivered. And now it seems that I don't know. And, and, and again, you don't want to be conspiratorial or anything like that, but you look at some of the people that flank him daily. And I just, I honestly, I don't trust some of them. And it's legitimate. If I I could just say that it's legitimate uh, questions that should be asked about you know different things when you when you look deeper you know like you said it's not it's not about conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff but you know we know that usually there is more than meets the eye to Mm -hmm. what what happens when especially when there's a a crisis Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so uh, I think we as believers should ask those questions and, 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 and really uh, ask the Lord to help, help us and guide us in, in, in those answers. Yeah, I I think that there, at least, you know, with the Trump presidency, there's been a couple times that I've paid attention to the president seeming to have um, a little bit of a buckle in what I felt like was kind of a position of his, which was that, you know, Americans can self-govern. Like, we're not into controlling Americans. Mm -hmm. Americans, you need to do this. You need to make this decision. Mm -hmm. Um, But in in those times, like right now with Mm -hmm. COVID-19, and then uh, also maybe about a year ago, uh, maybe less, but about a year ago, when there was the big question about mandatory vaccines. And Mm. the president um, seemed to be changing his opinion. He went before he was in office. He was saying that it's up to the the parents to decide, you know, and he's, right. you know, talking about the research that we need to do research and we need. And, and it seems that he was really sort of like, you know, Americans need to have a certain amount of autonomy when it comes to this. And then it seemed that um, some members, some members um, got to him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he was saying, you know, you got to get the shot. Right. You got to get the shot. Right. And that concerns me because even as I look at where we are now, um, I really feel like a lot of the fear tactics and a lot of the, you know, if I'm, if I'm panicked, if I'm afraid, just tell me whatever, whatever you think I should do. And I'm willing to do that. Mm. Does that mean I can't go out? Okay. Okay. Could I be fined? Okay. Okay. Could, could, could people be arrested? Okay. I mean, look, we'll take all of that. Just make us safe. And I think sometimes the enemy plays on that. Um, even among the strongest of believers, yeah. the enemy plays on that. It's like, forget about your freedoms. We're all going to die. So just shelter in place. And I don't think Christians should live like that. Right. No, I really don't. I, no. I don't. I, I reject that. Not because I'm super patriot, but because I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that God has designed us to submit to him. Amen. I believe that the Lord has designed us to live unto him. And America is the first country where we've had the opportunity to live that out. And we've had the opportunity for that to be protected in our founding documents, to Mm -hmm. be uh, confirmed. Okay, remember, America doesn't make it so. America confirms that it's so. Mm. Hey, this is self-evident is what we said. And so I believe that not because America taught me to believe that, but because if you understand God and you understand his loving kindness, that he wants us to be in relationship with him. We are the ones who don't want to come near the mountain. We'd rather just have Moses do it. Mm. But the Lord is like, no, tell the people to come to me, come Mm. to the mountain. And we're the ones who don't want to do that. But if you look at the track record that the Lord has laid out before us, he's always wanted us to come to him. He wants to be in relationship with us. There doesn't need to be this middleman. There doesn't need to be, you know, no, God wants to be in relationship with us. And in fact, the, that all culminates in the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. His death, burial, and resurrection confirms once and for all, establishes and solidifies that not only does God want to be in relationship with us, but he made it so that now we can be in relationship with him. Amen. We can go to him because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we are now finding ourselves in a place where slowly that's being rolled away, slowly that's being you know jeopardized, um, we have to take note. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to pay attention to that. You have to care about what it is that you're willing to give up, you know, because we're fighting for these freedoms to yeah. be preserved, right? We're, yeah. we're, we're fright. We're fighting for 
the proliferation of the gospel. Amen. I mean, <laughs> if you look at what's going on in some of these restricted nations around the world, Man. you look at what's going on in some of these hostile nations around the world. And, you know, and we've been talking about this with our kids and, and, and JD said something, I guess it was this morning. He said, he said, man, some of these hostile nations, when you look at how they're describing what's going on within their borders, I mean, he said some of these hostile nations should be classified as restricted <laughs> because it just sounds so dire what's mm-hmm. happening right mm-hmm. now. And I got to tell you, if all it takes is a crisis for Americans to say, no, we can do without that freedom. We can do without that liberty. And what's to say that we're not just a couple more crises away from saying we don't recognize where we live. Mm. And this is what this is what for us when when we're talking about this, you know, we want to be looking two and three and four steps ahead. We don't want right. to be right here. This is again, again, it's not about how pastors choose to govern or choose to lead the churches that the Lord has made them overseers of. I mean, this is what this is what Paul remember. And I want to stress this again because uh, people will try to bring it back and say, well, Miki's saying that churches ought to No, Miki's not saying that churches ought to anything. I agree with the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Ephesian elders, when he was leaving them, he was going to Jerusalem and, and not wrote to them, but he called them all to him. And he was telling them that by the Holy Spirit of God, you have been made overseers. Mm. You have been put in this place. I believe that same Holy Spirit is putting pastors in place where they're Amen. to be. And they're making tough decisions every single day. They're laboring in prayer for those for whom they must give an account. And so I'm not saying this is what what, what I am doing and what I'm not going to stop doing is I'm not going to stop warning the people of God and saying, hey, let's keep our eyes open. Let's not live like those who get drunk at night. Let's like let's live like we're people of the day. Amen. And let's pay attention to what's happening. Let's be discerning. Let's be quick and let's be sharp. And so maybe maybe that just is the summary of everything that we've been talking about over the last three days here. The people of God must ask him for discernment and we must walk in that discernment. When we start to feel like, hey, something's not right. Let us not just shake that off and get back to business as usual. This is not normal. What is happening in many of our states right now, this is not normal. That's right. And if you feel comfortable in this, like, well, it's just the way it's got to be, man, shake yourself, shake yourself. And I don't care who's talking behind a podium. This is not normal. This is not America. All right. We got to grab the break. We'll come right back with Leo Homan. <laughs> so much for wrapping up part four. Aaron <laughs> the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you spending this hour with us each weekday. Uh, we don't take it for granted. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Phil Wickham, Living Hope. This article um, grabbed our attention because this article stated some of the things that we were questioning. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it's this is this is why we appreciate journalists. This is why we appreciate writers, because what we often find in their work is that they have captured the ability to communicate maybe some of our questions. And the reason we have these things as questions is because we're like, man, you know, I, I just I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Right. I don't know where to go for the answer, but there's something that doesn't feel right. And so this usually just sort of works its way out in the form of a series of questions. And Will the Great and I have been um, asking these questions among ourselves <laughs> because you don't want to sound overly conspiratorial. And certainly you want to be supportive of this president. I mean, right, let's just right. be frank about it. You know, we have a champion for Christians and we have a champion for America in the White House right now. And the president has proven that with his track record. So we want to be careful. Um, but at the same time, there are some real questions that I have about the progression of, uh, I guess, where we have where we've arrived. Yeah. OK. And yeah. um, and I'm concerned. And yeah. so joining us now to talk about my concerns <laughs> and uh, maybe some of your concerns, too, if you're willing to admit them, is Leo Homan, who is a veteran investigative reporter. And he's also the author of the book Stealth Invasion, which back in 2017 uh, spent the majority of the year among Amazon's top 10 books about immigration policy. He spent decades researching and writing about education, immigration, crime, politics and religion. And what I like is that he writes about how all of these things intersect, you know, what is happening in the culture, what's happening in religion, what's happening in politics and why we need to be concerned. Um, Leo, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. So the article grabbed us. <laughs> it was a, it was a little bit chilling because yeah. um, I felt like there were some some answers to some of the questions that my husband and I, uh, you know, are asking each other. And and there's even like a fear, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Leo, because there's even a fear, I think, among Christians and among supporters of this president to even ask these questions because it, it feels uncomfortable. But there is definitely something happening in our country. And the and the the title of your, your article here is Sanitized Dictatorship, How COVID-19 is Transforming America and killing the Trump revolution. That's one of the head scratchers for me because we say that this economy that we have, where we are right now, well, where we had been, okay, right. um, was something that was a promise made and a promise kept. And I, I have been saying, why would it even appear that this president would be sabotaging his work? What, what is it that many of us don't understand, Leo? Well, I think the president, who, who I did vote for and I do support, uh, I, I, I think he was caught blindsided by this entire thing. Um, like a lot of politicians, world leaders were. It came out of nowhere uh, back in early January, and uh, it, it, just, it, it just escalated really quickly. And, and the reason it did that, the key to, to understanding this entire thing, I believe, is to know the difference between a propaganda campaign and actual journalism. Mm -hmm. um, what we've been seeing mass-produced, just repeated, repeated, repeated ad nauseum over the last several weeks, over a month now, actually, uh, is this same message, and it seems to be a unified message that came straight down from the uh, United Nations World Health Organization, mm -hmm. that there was this uh, horrific viral pandemic pandemic that had been loosed on the earth coming out of China 
Uh, and I don't deny for a minute that this virus exists and that it is deadly and right. that it has killed thousands. That right. is a fact. But before it even, before we knew anything much about it, we had uh, so-called journalistic news broadcast on TV and in the newspapers telling us that would do what? That it would kill one million to two million mm-hmm. Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sent chills down the spines of hundreds of thousands of Americans. Rightly mm-hmm. so. It sounds very scary. But those, those projections were based on false models that came out of several different sources, one at the University of Washington, one at Imperial College of London in the U.K. uh, by a man named Dr. Neil Ferguson there in London, who, by the way, is is heavily involved in the whole climate change hysteria Mm. Mm. that has been foisted upon the world over the last 20 years. Uh, That didn't work very well, so I believe that, you know, this virus was sort of plan B um, to... A, take down the Trump administration, who's been a thorn in the side of these globalists for years, uh, and B, further the cause of globalism, which climate change was failing to do. Mm. You know, one of the questions, I think it was just yesterday in one of the daily uh, press conferences that um, that we've been watching, you know, in America, one of the uh, reporters, I don't remember who it was, but she was commenting on the president's kind of change in the way he's communicating mm-hmm. about what has to happen in this country. And um, she's like, you know, do you have new information? Like, why has this changed? And one of the things that the president said was, look, every leader is supposed to be a, che- a cheerleader for his country or whatever, right. you know. And so he said, I'm a cheerleader for America. But there, she is right in her observation that President Trump has changed. There is there has been a shift in his tone and his tenor. And when I read your article, you kind of attribute that to these doctors who yes. have his ear. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, I think to understand this, you have to go back to a uh, conference that was held in October uh, in October of last year in New York City, October 18th to be exact, and it was called Event 201. Event 201, New York City, last year, October 18th. But you're talking about two months before this coronavirus emerged on the earth. Mm -hmm. And this was attended by a host of technocratic global elites, including the representatives of the United Nations Foundation, the World Health Organization, the CDC, World Economic Forum, various NGOs and corporate media types. NBC sent a a representative. And... uh, the entire purpose for this conference was to game out the government's response to a global coronavirus pandemic. And the focus was a lot on the message, the, the message which I would call the propaganda. And they talked about how to push it out to the public in a way that created mass fear and panic. They, they didn't use the word fear and panic. They used the words incentive. That, uh, you can hear tapes of the, some of the discussions on YouTube. You can see video recordings of these, this meeting. And a woman is talking about, one of the participants is talking about, you know, it's not enough just to hand a set of facts to, to the average uh, citizen. If you want to get them to do what you're trying to get them to do, you have to give them a motivation. Mm-hmm. And, and that is where the fear and panic comes in and, and, and the hysterical news reporting that we've seen on this virus. 
the, and so the numbers of what which we've already discussed were part of that. Talk about one million to two million deaths in America alone, which we now know is not going to happen. Right. Those mm-hmm. figures have been downgraded at least three times to around. I think it's down to 50,000 yeah, or 60. less now, and yeah. what they're calling for will mm-hmm. will die, what they're projecting will die, which is nothing to shake a stick at. Right. And, and right. like I said, it, it is real. I'm not trying to, you know, minimize that. Right. But 50,000 deaths in America would not cause the kind of hysterical action, hoarding of toilet paper and paper towel and, right. and cleaning supplies like we've seen. Right. Uh, and so they, they, that was part of it. They, they talked about in recruiting, quote, trusted voices in business and the religious faith-based community. Uh, they talked about recruiting and training them, entertainers, sports heroes. All of them would be engaged, all telling us to what? You've seen it over the last couple of weeks. Stay safe. Wash mm-hmm. your hands. Practice social distancing. Stay at home. You know, you've seen it. It's just blanket coverage. They call it flooding the zone. Mm. Uh, and and even doctors and nurses, they said, would be recruit, recruited. And what have we seen? Doctors and nurses on Facebook and other social media, media putting videos about how their hospitals are overrun. They're out of supplies. People are dying everywhere. You know, people are dying, but they're not stacking up in uncontrollable piles like we've seen mm. in some of these videos. Uh, the voluntary lock- lockdowns, we started hearing about that. First, they, in my state of Georgia, we were uh, declared to have by our governor a voluntary shelter in place. Well, that suddenly became a mandatory shelter in place. Now they're extending two weeks at a time these mandatory lockdowns. Uh, so it's done incrementally. Uh, why the big propaganda push and why create this mass fear and hysteria? This is the question I think that Christians should be asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, viruses have been with us for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Just in my lifetime, I've seen SARS, MERS, swine flus. You know, the Spanish flu before my time killed mm-hmm. more than any of these combined. But we never saw a turning upside down of our entire social order for any of these. Mm. Yeah. So what makes COVID-19 different? This is the question we should be asking ourselves. Yes. Mm. Uh, yes. And, and I believe personally that the, that, that a big reason is, is the vaccine. They're working on a vaccine. <laughs> we know this. Uh, there is not a vaccine per se that I'm against because vaccines are not in themselves bad. But a mandatory vaccine, I think, is yes. where they're heading. And this is where mm-hmm. I part ways. I do, I do not believe I believe it's a human right to have control over your health care. And any time mm-hmm. that health care becomes mandatory, forced upon us, this is where we open the door towards evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we look you know, at who fund, who's the major funder of this, who funded Event 201? Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm. Who is the second largest funder of the HWO, World Health Organization? Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Only the United States government gives more money to the HWO every year than Bill Gates. That's phenomenal. Uh, He's building seven, I understand, seven vaccine plants as we speak. So the other issue here is follow the money. Who who stands to make money off of this? And that's why you see the uprising every time 
President Trump mentions, mentions this hydroxychloroquine drug, which yes. has been very successful. You see mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci, who's also tied to the HWO and Bill Gates, and mm-hmm. Dr. Burke, whose own daughter works for Bill Gates. I was going to ask you about that. Yes, go ahead. Yes. That's why you see them cringe every time President Trump talks about hydroxychloroquine, mm. because I don't believe that they were ready for that. That is no, something and- that came up out of nowhere, and it's working. It's working. <sighs> And let me say this, Leo, to your point, they cringe when he talks about hydroxychloroquine and they cringe when he brings any word of hope, when there's any encouragement, when there's any like, we're going to get out of this. We, yeah. it's, it's almost as if they kind of shove him out of the way. They're not doing this literally. But when you look at these people and I'm telling you, I, you know, I just I don't know, just hairs go up. You look at these people. It's almost as if they're like, we're not here to bring hope, President. Like we're not we're not Mr. President, we're not here to bring hope. We are here to encourage people to shelter in place. And then the other thing I want to do, you know, we can continue talking about vaccines because that's another one of those things that, you know, should be on our radar. Whenever you start talking about forcing people to be injected with things that they are uncomfortable with, um, that should be a major concern for every American. But I also want to talk about something in particular, Dr. Burks and, and to a certain extent, Dr. Fauci. But Dr. Burks is consistently talking about surveillance. She's consistently talking about in the future having parameters and things in place where we can surveil the American people and know who's moving where and who's doing what. Um, am I the only one who hears that and kind of goes, wait a minute, what exactly does that mean? Right. Well, I think your antenna is up in the, in an area that it should be. I, you know, her daughter, Laura Burks, is employed directly by Bill Gates. She is the deputy director of strategic planning for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, and, you know, the Gates the Gates business model is all about what? Uh, technology. He's a technocrat. And he is funding most of what's going on in the vaccine industry right now in the world. Uh, you know, so you got Fauci and Burks tied to Bill Gates. You've got the HWO tied to Bill Gates. You've got Event 201 funded by Bill Gates. You've got uh, the, the Gates family funding the construction of vaccine plants. We know that they're interested in uh, not only selling vaccines, but depopulating the world mm-hmm. through the U.N. plan, yep. Agenda 2030. Yep. Uh You've got them coming out against hydroxychloroquine. Um, you know, so you also have to look at the technology. The latest advances in nanotechnology are incredible. They can have these little nanochips, which are invisible to the naked eye. They're so small, embedded in vaccines now to deliver the medicine to the cells that they want them delivered to. Wow. Well, if a, a nanochip is nothing. You can think of a nanochip like this. It's like a little robot programmed to do whatever you program it to do. And you could also see, you could also identify every human being. And there is, guess what? Another movement that Bill Gates is involved in called ID2020. ID2020. Google that. And it is, it is where the vaccine industry and this movement to ID every human being intersect. They can inject these nanochips into the vaccine. They have the ability to do this. Uh, And and if you look at the research, most of the funding for vaccines right now is going into 
nanochip delivery of the vaccine. Leo so Homan, let me grab the break here. I want to give our listeners your website, though. LeoHoman.com, H-O-H-M-A-N-N. We'll come right back and pick up right here. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. very least um and the most that we can do is to be totally committed to prayer mm-hmm. and seeking the face of the lord god and uh, really desiring to be discerning during this time um because you know it, we just can't be too careful we cannot be too careful welcome back to the program um aaron the addison's on american family radio we appreciate you listening our guest is investigative reporter uh, journalist Leo Homan, and I want to encourage you to check out his website. We're talking about his most recent article, uh, Sanitized Dictatorship, How COVID-19 is Transforming America and Killing and Killing the Trump Revolution. Uh, Leo Homan, L-E-O-H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. LeoHoman.com. You can check that out. Uh, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Tyson Cunningham when Undefeated. All right. Well, you wanted to jump in here um, when we're coming back from the break. Yeah, and I know uh, Leo was, was speaking, but I had a question um, for you. Well, two questions. One, the hits that the economy has taken, do you see us coming back from that? Or do you feel like that would be, it's like irrep- irreparable, uh, what's, what's happened to uh, the economy? And the second thing, what do you say to those people who who are listening and saying, oh, man, this is just conspiracy. I just can't, I, I, you know, they, I can't believe this. Right. Two excellent questions, Will. Um, on the economy, as you know, it, we, we've been in record economy uh, as far as uh, how well Americans were doing mm-hmm. before all this hit. Uh, but we've never experienced anything like this before where businesses are ordered by the government to shut down. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, this is unbelievable. I went to a local, um, I, I went to go buy a book today at the largest shopping center in my town. It's a huge outdoor mall. The bookstore, Barnes & Noble, said it was still open, but you had to call them and order or tell them what you wanted by phone. And when we pulled up into the shopping center, there was like no cars. There was like one or two people walking their dogs in mm. this big, vacant complex that I felt like I was in the middle of a dystopian novel but wow. we've never seen anything like this and then when we called the store as we pulled up to it a woman came out with a face mask on and handed us the book that we told that we said we wanted and we paid her but uh, so we've never seen anything like this so it's almost hard to predict mm-hmm. uh, what the new normal will be once they lift these lockdowns yeah. Uh, here in Georgia, they've already extended it from April 15th to May 15th. May 15th is a good long while away. So mm. if this were to end now or maybe within the next two weeks, I could see it coming back maybe close to what it was. But the longer this goes on, my personal opinion, uh, I'm not an economist, but I don't see it returning to what it was anytime soon economically. Mm. And then the follow-up question, um, people who are listening in right mm-hmm. now, and, and maybe they've kind of like, they've checked out. They're like, you know what, that's just, mm-hmm. it's too much of a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I that, completely that... understand that, because I've been there before when I hear things. 
Right. My <laughs> advice to those people would, would be do the research yourself. Yeah. Look mm-hmm. up some of these things that we've thrown out in today's program. You know, Event 201 uh, in New York City, October 18th of last year. Uh, Bill Gates being the, the largest private funder of the United Nations World Health Organization, second overall largest funder. Uh, how the, his ties to the vaccine industry, um, his uh, you know plans for depopulation, mm-hmm. uh, you know nanochip technology. Look into that and how it's cross-secting with the vaccine industry. Do not take my word for it. Mm-hmm. Research mm-hmm. it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go back to something we kind of touched on before, because in, in reading this article, uh, technocrats, uh, that was a that was a new term <laughs> yeah. for me. And I kept going technocrats right. like now I haven't heard that before. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I can see the effects of it. Um, mm-hmm. Define that for our audience and then help us better identify that. Technocracy is an old movement. It actually started in the 1930s with a group of professors out of Columbia University. Uh, And they proposed tying consumption of the world's resources to individual use and monitoring and tracking the use of these resources uh, by people and businesses and organizations so that you would inventory like all the world's resources and then you would track and monitor everybody's use of them. Sounds like a great free system, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, yeah, but it kind of fizzled out. It, they became very highly discredited, uh, only to make a rebirth, a comeback, in the early 1970s, when uh, Zbigniew of Brzezinski and David Rockefeller co-founded the Trilateral Commission. Hmm. And the Trilateral Commission is still in existence today, and the, the movement that they put forth is technocracy. And if you think of technocracy in modern terms, which it is flourishing now, whereas it died out in the 30s, the technology is now available to make it uh, grasp, grab and go here in the 1990s and 2000s. So it has mm-hmm. started to flourish, but it is really uh, just another name for sustainable development Green New Deal, that whole agenda coming out of the U.N. It's about grabbing the world's resources and controlling who gets to use them, how much, and when. And so we one have, of the, go ahead. So, so one of the things that we saw, because when I hear this, I, I really hear... Um, this all sort of coming under the umbrella of globalism. I, I hear globalism. Absolutely. Like every time you say the world's the world, the world I hear globalism. It's about so globalism, exactly. And, re- and, and it's about replacing our economic system, uh, which is based on what? Capitalism and free enterprise with a new form of an, a new economy based on technocracy, sustainable development, the Green New Deal. Oh my goodness. Wow. So, so here we are. Let me just, and I, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but really, I mean, if you look at what um, would be necessary for us to sort of march toward globalism, and one of those things would need to be um, America's loss of wealth. So the United Nations is interested in this, a transfer of wealth um, from the United States of America. And then here we are now with an economy, with a country that's like closed. I mean, if really that's what to say right. it simply, our our country is basically like come to a standstill. 
um, with a few states whose governors are saying, hey, no, we're not doing what everyone is doing, which I commend them. But mostly our states have shut down following these directives. So my question is, is the novel coronavirus sort of a novel path to globalism? <laughs> I think you just nailed it, Nikki. Uh, corona, like I said, we've had viruses for thousands of years. What's different about this one? I, th- what I think it's being used as nothing more than a prop, a prop to advance this agenda of global sustainable development, technocracy, whatever you want to call it, uh, where another fast, another key indicator of technocracy, by the way, and, and whether or not you're living under a technocracy, is who's really in charge? Who's really in charge? Is it, at the, is it your elected leaders? Is it Donald Trump? Or is it the scientists and the so-called experts who are really, uh, you know, calling the shots? And the, and the political figures are just that, figureheads. Uh, and that's what we don't want to happen to our president. We don't want him to turn into a, uh, a pawn, you know, who's being directed and who's having his policy determined, his policy-making decisions determined mm-hmm. by these technocrats, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birch, Birch, Bill Gates, these are, the, these are technocratic experts, scientists. Yes, they should be consulted for certain things. They have a lot of knowledge, but they don't know how to run a country. Mm. They, know, they, they know about viruses and science and, and, and the healthcare industry, but what do they know about the economy? What do they know about the social order? You know, like President Trump said, if we, react too stro- if we don't react correctly to this virus, there's going to be more deaths and disorder in the response than in, in the cure than in the actual virus. We're going to have mass suicides. We're going to have drug abuse. They're already saying alcohol is all alcohol mm-hmm. sales are off the charts, setting records. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, domestic, domestic abuse, abuse, domestic violence. Yes, domestic yes. violence, suicides. Yes, what Dr. Fauci doesn't seem too concerned about that, does he? Mm-mm. No. And and I'll tell you what concerns me. What concerns me is that it appears that any competing <laughs> any competing science has effectively been pushed out of the national discussion. So, you know, you've got some other scientists and you've got some right. some other doctors who are saying, you know, what we really need is something that would be called herd immunity. So yeah. we're stopping this because we're keeping people sheltered in place. And so you would have the younger people who are stronger, who could bounce back, who would develop natural immunities to this. And and this would begin to slow the spread of this, right? But those well, conversations... Well, absolutely. We see every Everybody repeating this flatten the curve mantra, you know, but, but they don't even know what they're talking about. What does flatten the curve mean? Uh, my own son called me and said, well, Dad, we need to flatten the curve. You know, <laughs> he doesn't know what that means. All that, that doesn't mean that fewer people are going to die. All that means is it's going to be spread out over a longer period. Hmm. You know, there's something else that's interesting um, in this conversation, and I don't know if this is a splitting of hairs or anything. Um, you'll tell me, Leo, but um, it's interesting that Dr. Dr. Burks said recently that if a person is tested and they test positive for COVID-19 um, when they die, that they she is they are categorizing that as a person dying as a result of COVID-19. 
But dying as a result of COVID-19 and dying with this virus in your system, that's two different things. But I would imagine that if all of the numbers hmm. can point toward people dying of COVID-19, then you, you, you know, perpetuate this panic. Am, am, am I right in that? Or am I maybe just kind of like going into the dark zone? Um, I was actually shocked when I heard that come out of her mouth yesterday <laughs> at the briefing. Yeah. I knew this was going on. I'd heard that it was going on, but she actually admitted and confirmed that it was going on at the briefing. You're right. And, and that just leaped out at me. But you'd be surprised how many people it just went right over their head. She admitted that if you die of a heart attack, and then it is found that you had COVID-19 in your system, they are going to classify that as a COVID-19 caused death. How That's convenient. Right. Yeah, it, that, it raises I, the numbers, right. They're, they're misclassifying death, uh, I guess, for the sole purpose of, uh, you know, uh, adding to the body count. Man. I mean, you know, I just let me just tell you why I'm here, Leo Homan. Let me just tell you why I'm I'm here for the body of Christ. OK, I am here so that Christians everywhere will prayerfully discern what is happening around us, that we will not be driven by fear, by our base emotions and our just these sort of programmed reactions that we really would be prayerful about the way we engage. And the reason we're having this conversation is not because when we're done talking here, I'm going to go get back under my tinfoil hat. That's not why we're here. We're here because I think there is something going on. And what concerns me, and I want to get you to talk to this a little bit, Leo, but what concerns me is that in the last three weeks, we have seen unprecedented behavior and actions in our country that what's worse than the unprecedented actions and behaviors is the acceptance. Mm. And that is something that concerns me greatly. Well, you and me both. This has been <laughs> the most disappointing thing of the entire scenario from my standpoint is how many Christians you expect, you know, the non-believers to, uh, you know, just believe whatever the government tells them. But you would think somebody who studied scriptures and is a Christian, strong believer and has faith in, in, in Jesus Christ and has read the Gospels, my goodness, I, Matthew 24, everyone should reread that uh, right now. Reread Come it on. and read it again and again, because I feel like we're living it out, you know? Come on, The, the yeah. two biggest themes of that book are, of that chapter, are deception and persecution of Christians. And, and it says that the, the, the deception will be so strong in the last days that if it were possible, even the elect mm. would be deceived. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and you see these Christians falling for everything, the, the latest propaganda campaign that's coming across the airwaves, and they're not even questioning it. Mm. We only have and, and about it a minute. It really concerns me. It really concerns me. You and and me both. Look, we we have about a minute and a half left. Christians are listening right now, and they're saying, "Okay, listen, I get it, and I hear it. What should we be doing? What is your advice to our listeners?" My advice is uh, just to reiterate what we've covered. Don't believe the propaganda. Investigate in, for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Investigate and research these basic topics that we've covered. Get back into your Bible. Read Matthew 24. 
read Luke 21 and, 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 and ask God, ask God personally what you should do. Should you believe the propaganda or should you question it? And if you feel like you need to question it, speak out. Share mm-hmm. things with your family members. Don't accept every. Don't expect everything to be accepted by them, but at least yes. speak truth. Speak truth yes. to power. Leo Homan, everybody. LeoHoman.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.